0: I can't believe we had a 15 minute discussion about the Cleveland Pooper time (laughs) in the Liberty.
1: I know. Do you think we talked about that too much?
2: No, I think we didn't talk about it enough. to the Lions of Liberty Podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire We are back again for another edition of the Lions of Liberty Podcast. And you are privileged to be here for episode number 90. And this is not just a regular episode. No, 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 no. This is one of my favorite episodes to do. One of our favorite features... It's libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor. Yay, cue applause. Anyway, for those of you who are unfamiliar with this little feature of ours, this is where we basically sit around Let me be your whiskey shot. drinking liquor and talking liberty. As the name might imply, there's no script. We have no plan about what we're going to talk about. I'm just going to bring in a few of my Lions of Liberty cohorts and affiliates and legal counsel in one case to have a little discussion about some things. So why don't we just bring in our most regular contributor here? He is a co-founder of LionsLaurie.com. If you're a fan of the show, you most recently heard him on the second edition of the Felony per- Report of the Felony Report, all the way from Pittsburgh, PA. John Odermatt, come on What's in. What's up, Mark? Pal. Great to be back. Welcome uh, you back. Know, it feels It feels like three days ago, four days ago. We just talked. <laughs> it to feels each something other. like that. Maybe because it literally was. It actually happened. What what do the kids drink over there in Pittsburgh this time of morning? It is morning, by the way. I'm I'm pulling back the veil a little bit. We're, we're recording this on a Sunday morning. It is Sunday morning. It's about 1 o'clock
3: here. And I got a nice little uh, bourbon trying something new. It's called Bullet Bourbon. Bullet's spelled kind of strange. It's B-U-L-L-E-I-T. So maybe you don't say it, Bullet. I don't know. Bullet? Is, is uh, it
2: like German or something? Bullet?
3: That's oh, possible. I don't know. It's in Kentucky. So.
2: Well, <laughs> Maybe it was made
3: by Germans who are in Kentucky. I don't know.
2: Well, as people that listen to this show know, we don't do research for this show. So uh, we'll just – we have no idea and we'll remain uninformed. So, if, anybody... if Bullet Bourbon
3: would like to sponsor the show, they can uh, tweet us or contact us otherwise.
2: Yes, and we should tweet to them as well. And if you're listening, by the way, I want – I know there's a lot of people out there listening to the show and they like to drink along. So when you're drinking along to the show, why don't you tweet out – tweet us what you're drinking. That's what we ask. Tweet to of Liberty. Tweet to, to the liquor you're drinking, you know, draw some attention to, uh, to this little project we got going on here. Um, but enough about self-promotion. Let's move it on over uh, down the East Coast a little bit to that
1: land known as Virginia where uh, young Howie Snowden resides. Howie, what's going on? Hey, Mark. Nothing I like doing better on a Sunday morning than talking about liberty and drinking some liquor. I couldn't agree more, actually. And I, I, it's actually morning for me. You guys are a couple hours
2: ahead being East Coasters. But it's its literally a, a tick after 10 a.m. And I am sipping some – well, we didn't get to me yet, but I'll just give it away now. I'm sipping some champagne and having a good old Sunday brunch on my end. What are you drinking over there?
1: Well, I was up late, so it is kind of morning to me. So I'm drinking some uh, – well, I'm starting off with some Irish coffee with leftover O'Mara's Irish cream from St. Paddy's Day.
2: Whenever the word leftover is in your drink, you know, it's going to be delicious. (laughs) Good times. All right. And let's bring in our final, uh, what do we call you guys? I don't know. Entrance? Is this this a game show? I don't know. Uh, Our final contributor here, our Lions of Liberty's own legal counsel coming from Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio.
0: Wonderful city if you've ever been there. Um, He goes (laughs) simply by the name Rico. Well, hello, friends. I'm assuming you're joking about Cleveland, but we'll take Uh, the compliment any way we get it.
2: You see, it was uh, I said it in italics, which implies sarcasm. So, but you couldn't see the italics on the other end of the microphone. that's the problem. Yes.
0: Well, anyways, I'm uh in your boat. We're having a virtual brunch together, oh, three thousand so- miles apart, drinking some mimosas. So,
2: wow, I'm tearing up right now just thinking about <laughs> this. I'm, I was gonna have mimosas, but I just skipped the OJ, and I'm just I'm just literally pouring myself. Maybe you guys can hear it bubbling. I don't know. Can you hear that in my microphone?
3: Literally pouring a little, bit, little bit. right now. All right. So, maybe Here's was... a little uh, philosophical drinking question. Okay. Why, why, is it, why is it frowned upon to drink hard liquor in the morning, but if you drink champagne with orange juice or a Bloody Mary, it's perfectly acceptable. Is I mean, that maybe true? Not acceptable, is but...
0: it frowned upon? <laughs> Who frowns <laughs> upon it? Who's doing the frowning? I don't know. I mean society, I guess. <laughs> yeah. They probably frown upon a lot of things that we do, but I don't think we need to
1: worry about that. You never ask the question before. just add some juice and you're in the clear.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i think that's the key to everything in life add some juice and you're in the clear right that's just the other room
3: at <laughs> <Get> a t-shirt
2: <laughs> so that'll be our next lion's liberty t-shirt <laughs> our next and by that i mean first add some juice and you're in the clear yeah now I don't know if that's going to really work. Um, <laughs> we'll find out if I need juice by the end of the show. So uh, I don't know. As, as you guys know, as everybody might know who's listening, we have no plan. You can probably tell that already. We have no idea what we're going to talk about. And I don't have anything to talk about because I've been – I talk liberty all week. So what do you guys
0: got? Anybody? Well, there is a ridiculous story that's not really liberty but in a way. Oh, I know. Um, it. I already know
2: what it is. Go on. We can, we can tie this
0: in. We'll find a way. Did anyone see the – uh, report that Mitt Romney is going to have a boxing match against a Vander Holyfield. Hold on a second. This is not what I thought you were going to bring what? up at all.
1: <laughs> is this true? <laughs> it is absolutely.
0: True. I'm dying right now. I can't handle it's this.
1: going to be. I'm
2: going to press pause on this record while I laugh for like, 20 minutes.
0: It's like for charity, but it's going to be in May in Salt Lake City. Um, and I just. What? <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing mine and Mark's favorite movie and I'm sure everyone has seen Dirty Work a hundred times like we have but where oh, yeah. Gary Coleman oh, gets up <laughs> I thought you were making this up I just googled it this might be my morning roar tomorrow Mitt Romney <laughs> is going to box Evander Holyfield this didn't Evander Holyfield oh,
1: dude, didn't he beat Mike Tyson twice
0: yeah and he yeah. One time, got his ear bit off. Yeah. But, one time, yeah. he really beat him. and one time, he just got his ear bit off.
1: Yeah. I guess that one doesn't which, count. Which also, well, it counts as a victory in
2: the books.
0: <laughs> but I'm sure Mitt Romney will hold his own.
2: Oh my god! What are you? To do? <laughs> hold on. This mean, article I'm doesn't... reading says he, you know, you just know Mitt Romney is ser- in is serious about this fight. He was seen in a meat locker pum- pummeling some filet mignon. <laughs> you think that's true?
3: No. Probably not, no. Here, here's a quote, another quote from Romney. It'll either be a very short fight or I will be knocked unconscious.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Why point, it's going to be a short fight. fight. Wait, aren't those like possibly the same thing? <laughs> yeah. yeah much. I mean, it doesn't need to be either or. See, he's already <laughs> got his logic. You think he's running for president or he's done, right? He
0: announced he's not? No. He wouldn't be doing this if he was running for president. Uh,
1: maybe I, what, I don't know. Man. What does the money go to, and does he not have enough to donate that he needs to be knocked unconscious? <laughs> he's got to raise
2: money by getting knocked in the head. He definitely wants like,
1: the publicity more than anything here. I think. Got to be
2: right. He's got he's got like unlimited money, doesn't
1: he?
0: Pretty much, but it's fantastic. Whatever the reason, I can't wait to watch this. I'm all for this. It really should be like the undercard of the Pacquiao Mayweather fight, but.
1: <laughs> oh, <that'd be> amazing. <laughs>
2: Uh, so I, I I got taken aback because I I was sure you're gonna bring up the story of the the like the serial pooper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no one responded to that link. I thought it was probably the funniest story I've ever read in my life. It's in
2: Cleveland, right?
0: Yeah, it's Cleveland and Akron. For those who don't know, there was a photograph of this guy who has now been linked to 19 pooping on or in <laughs> parks. <laughs>
3: That we know of, nineteen.
0: Yeah, nine nineteen. <laughs> I'm actually, afraid of the number two. Just Google it: Cleveland man pooping on cars. And there's like an. I don't. I think stuff. you just need two key keywords: Cleveland and poop, and you'll be good. Just That's going to generate a lot of different.
1: <laughs> and are we sure this story's got nothing to do with Mitt Romney? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not sure of anything is, all right, at this point. Is just doing insane things all over the country now. Who knows?
2: All right, we can probably tie this into liberty somehow. Um, the
0: funniest, the funniest thing on that
3: story is the picture of the guy. That can't it's be a, real, right? I mean, <laughs> no,
0: it, it is real. It, it was in the papers. It should have been on.
3: The
2: well, page. then you know it's real. It's That's in the paper. real.
0: It was. It's a legitimate news story in Cleveland, and I mean, I would be furious if it happened to my car. But since it's not, hasn't, and it's everyone else's car, that it's hilarious
3: so how how would you punish a serial pooper you know assuming you catch in a, him in a free proof.
2: society in a free society <laughs> this will be our philosophical debate for the day how would a free society deal with serial pooping it's actually a good question i mean hey this is the kind of questions you're gonna get as a libertarian you know <laughs> maybe
0: i don't know maybe not i'm gonna have to think about that one well you
2: know okay let's break it down it's it's clearly vandalism right if you're pooping on someone's car
0: Or in. Or in. He gets in them? So lock your doors if you live in Cleveland because he'll go in the car if you don't lock your doors.
1: Lock your doors everywhere. (laughs) One more reason not to get a convertible. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't you have a convertible, Howie? No, no, never.
0: Never?
2: I had a a couple of Mustangs,
1: but neither of them were uh, convertibles. No, I
2: thought they all convert. What do I know? Never had a Mustang. I know nothing. Uh, Shockingly, Lions of Liberty Podcast does not make me Mustang money (laughs) quite yet. (laughs) No, but seriously, uh serial pooping. Let's get let's stick on this topic for a minute. Um,
1: right. I assume if he was caught in the act you'd be able to use uh force to stop him.
2: Sure. I don't um, see why not. I mean, he's pooping on your car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you're allowed to use force to stop that guy. I would probably do more than use force. I would probably I would probably first ask him like what he's doing. Um <laughs> I mean I would I guess I would be clear what he's I'd doing. If he's shit doing. Out I think it. it's pretty obvious. <laughs> Or maybe maybe I'd try to probe him a little. Oh, man, that that term might not be good for this this scenario. But I I like to inquire about why he's decided to go about pooping on everyone's cars. He's a tree hugger, and maybe just just for my own personal inquiry, it doesn't really affect my my legal stance on these things. But sure, and we're not really probing this issue, are we? Yeah, in a free society, it's obviously vandalism, and you can obviously uh you know. Bring some charges against the against and the he, fella. Would, he
1: would have to compensate you for you know car wash bills, things like yes, that. But, exactly, uh, and maybe a I, I little more
2: for her. for pain and suffering, and for you know any dates that went awry because you didn't realize there's a poop in your back car in the back <laughs> of your
1: seat. In, in this uh, free society, would there be anything like forced community service? Sound like he has to go washing cars or anything, or is that? Uh, is that two status? <laughs> I don't know. That's
2: an interesting question. See, I, to me, I think this is a, is that it actually is a good segue to talk about something, and that is like how Crime and Punishment could work, should work, and, and by free society, I just mean a, it doesn't mean there's a society without law and order. It just means a society where the law and order is not organized through force per se. Um, so you could basically have similar legal systems to the ones we have now. Uh, it's just we have to d- differentiate in some ways between natural law and, and man-made laws. Now, I, I think pooping on someone's car is a violation of their natural rights in a way. It's, it's a violation of their natural rights to their property. You're violating their property right. So uh, I, I don't see any reason you couldn't punish the man. But I don't like the word punishment. I think that's that's one of the biggest problems with the, kind of the criminal justice system and the way it's looked at. It's looked at so much in terms of punishment whereas it, it and not as much as in terms of uh, retribution to the victim of the crime. And in this case, I don't know what <laughs> what what specific <laughs> retribution maybe you maybe uh you get to poop in his car for like a week i don't know no, but uh yeah, I think it actually makes sense you would he would have to pay you for cleaning the car for any sort of damages that might have incurred as a result of that and Maybe a little bit more for uh, for having to go through the hassle. But I don't necessarily know if the guy should be jailed. But now now this guy, who's a serial car pooper, if, if you're showing a tendency to do this thing over and over, you could argue there's some point where you should be confined in some way. But I don't think that confinement or imprisonment should be purely out of a, a punishment thing. It should be out of only necessity to literally keep someone from harming other people. What do you guys think about about this topic in general not necessarily as it relates to, to serial poopers but well, feel, feel free in, to tell in, in
0: a free society wouldn't you be able to kind of associate or um live with the kind of people that you want to live with and kind of kick out the people that you don't want to live with like in certain communities you know gated communities or whatever you have certain bylaws you have to follow and if you don't follow them then they're like okay see you later
2: Sure, yeah. If you have like a city-state and you have certain rules, one of which and it might not have to be written down, but I assume one of those implied rules would be don't poop in other people's cars. If someone is doing it over and over, I mean, you can fine him at some point, and I think you can get retribution for to, for it, but if it's someone who's a serial pooper, sure, kick him out. He's not allowed in your property. We're talking about a private property society. So, yeah, I, I think so many things that we look to for imprisonment could be simply handled by just um, – Banishment by banishing people from communities and that kind of thing.
1: And sure, say uh, I lived uh, somewhere where we had kind of like a homeowners association. We have certain rules and things. Maybe we have somebody who goes around and monitors, checks for crime, you know, things like that. If, unlike the police we have today out stopping victimist crime and trying to just, you know, raise revenues for the state, they could actually be monitoring for things going on that are uh, destructive to other people's property instead of uh, arresting people for smoking a joint or something. You, you know? could have like,
2: neighborhood poop watch. <laughs> so to speak <laughs> i want i want an officer on every every driveway watching out for poop
1: only for I poop think, though I if you I smoke a I joint mean, it's
2: fine just don't poop in my car that's all i'm saying
3: i think an aspect of this story could come down to the tragedy of the commons though i mean in the current society we live in the roads are public roads right or most of them at least so if you're parked in front of your house on a public road Maybe this guy's just protesting saying he wants to use the road to to poop in and your car's parked there. <laughs> <laughs> Similar to the uh, circumstance you ran into a couple weeks ago, Mark, with that guy leaving a letter on your car saying he wanted to uh, use the park where you were parking as a as a bike lane. So Man, yeah, you hey, look at it that way, Now right? you're gonna
2: make me find my letter that was on my car. Did you any of you guys see that on my Facebook I posted some yeah, time I ago? Saw. I did. That was clearly a political troll, though. I mean, it's, I have a, I have a Ron Paul bumper sticker on my car. Still, I've got a some freedom oriented stuff that it, makes it obvious my political persuasion. So, uh, yeah, I got basically for uh, those not those that don't follow me on Facebook, the three of you out there listening, um, I did post up this letter I found in my car. A week or two ago, and it was basically. And you know, I park when I work. I park on a public street uh, often because there are spots there, and I will go to park there, and they're designated spots. And I got a letter basically from from somebody saying, "Oh, you park here every day, uh, but you know I, I want to use the roads for biking, and you want to use it for for your car. So isn't that just the tragedy of the commons? Meanwhile, you're getting a government subsidized parking spot here. Booty who? I'm like, okay, cool. I mean, he gets a government subsidized." You know, bike area, too. I mean, but there, there's not a bike lane there specifically, but it is a designated parking spot. So it, it became very clear reading the letter. It was just about, oh, I'm some I'm some dude who wants to troll a libertarian whose car I just found on the street.
3: It's a little bit more- impressive, though, that he went out of his way to maybe, maybe he, like research. You know, how am I going to get this libertarian <laughs> research? <laughs> I'm, I'm somewhat
2: impressed. Here, I, I, actually, I actually found the letter. It says, I want to use this parking lane as a bike lane. But you've stolen it from the public. Stolen it. By the way, this is a designated parking lot with actual, like, markations and a meter. Cool. You've stolen it from the... It doesn't have a meter. I just made that up. Uh, But you've stolen it from the public and are using it every day without paying anything except for the part that I paid a ton of taxes to the state of California and the city of Los Angeles. But I guess I've paid nothing. If people felt safer bicycling, more people would bike and less traffic. But instead, the tragedy of the commons... He's not speaking in complete sentences, by the way. A yeah. subsidy for your car. A car owner. From the government. That's what made it. I mean, the tragedy of the commons thing and the, and the from the government thing made it clear it was nothing more than, than good old-fashioned trolling. In a way, he brings up a fair point. <laughs> it is the tragedy of the commons. He would prefer that those roadways be used as bike lanes. I would prefer... I don't have a preference that they don't be used as bike lanes, but in that specific instance, I was using it as a parking spot because it's been designated by the city as a parking spot. So it makes sense. But there's also bike lanes outside of my house. I'm not against bike lanes. I like to bike, too. I think there should be areas for, pe- for people to bike. But, um, you know, when we have this sort of system where we hand everything over to one L.A. city council or, or what have you that sort of decides for everybody out there how, you know, and, and I know local communities like Culver City will decide how the roads work and all that. But, you know, it's, it's not based on the property of the individuals or, or the wants and needs of, of the communities. It's just based on what some people decide. But I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Should we have bike lanes everywhere?
1: It seems like a lot of issues are always solved when there's private property instead of public property. I mean, I have a similar issue right here. I, surprisingly enough, the parking spots in front of my house, um, there's a car that's been parked right in front of my house for about two years now. It doesn't move. Two years? What? Yeah. They, have you checked it for poop? <laughs> my, my neighbor knows who it was. It's someone who lives in a, a different neighborhood near here. I guess... A few years back, his uh, wife had committed suicide, and that was her car, and he doesn't want to look at it, so he just parked it over in front of my house, and that kind of takes away whenever we have guests come over or anything. That's, well, we don't have that parking spot to use, but awkward. I don't know. Be nice if I own them. He doesn't even move it? It's just there? Just there. Legally parked car.
2: Wow. See, here we have to Well, outside my house, it's not bad, but most of LA, you can't leave a car for a week because there's usually a, a car like a street cleaning day for like two hours where you have to move them
1: they, once they came through and they paved the road here and they towed the car away and I thought yes it's finally gone and then the next day it was back and it's been there since hey, they towed it back and put it back where it was <laughs> I don't know if they towed it back or if he went and got it and put it back gosh maybe I should find out who this guy is maybe he'd just sell me the car cheap maybe
2: <laughs> but then he might be worried he'll be driving it around and he'll help to see it oh yeah so maybe back to back to square one maybe the best place for him is on this street where he never goes to so he's not to be traumatized by the sight of this car.
1: I mean, I feel bad, but you know, I need a parking spot too. Probably better ways
0: to deal with his issue than just leaving a car somewhere for two years. But
1: you think he would just
2: sell it, or I don't know, destroy it? <laughs> yeah. What else is in the news? Anything, Oda?
3: You're on top of news. I just saw on a Drudge report it's the fifth anniversary of Obamacare,
0: so it's amazing. Aww. Amazing well, how time flies! It's wow, it's not really the fifth anniversary of Obamacare. It's Since probably it passed, the fifth anniversary right? of us paying taxes into it, and probably what one year of actual implementation. So, well, yeah, I think it's the fifth
3: anniversary of when it passed. Um, yeah, it, it only really went into effect um, really
2: last year. In, in,
3: well, we, or we, the year before we had to
0: pay taxes. Uh, taxes increased years ago for it, but yeah, they oh, I,
3: slowly yeah slowly increased a little more every year in different different ways and.
2: What taxes they, did they increase? I don't even know, and I'm supposed to be there, there. Was,
3: there was all kinds of just stupid like, oh tax it was taxes, taxes on medical
2: like
0: devices taxes all, on panning beds like yeah, little all, stuff so it's it's working out well I'm sure but they, they oh, held off on the
3: big taxes until after
2: Obama got reelected of course here's an idea I'm going to take a contrarian view on Obamacare for a second okay bear with all me right. now many many people in this country. Support medical licensing, they support even Medicare and Medicaid, they support all sorts of regulations at the end of the day, which all of which contribute to the crazy, insane rise of the cost of medical care and the fact it's out of the reach of so many people. So, could you argue, in a sense, that those people that support all these policies that are making health care so difficult for people to purchase, in a way, owe people that health care? They owe people to you know give them the health insurance that they cannot get because of the bad policies that they've supported this whole time from the AMA to medical licensing and the whole deal go
1: perhaps but i'm being penalized and i don't support any of those things that you listed off well yeah um, but i mean it's not all bad that reminded me of something uh there's a this african hallucinogenic drug called iboga or ibogaine that they use for uh, to treat heroin addicts it's Super successful, but it's illegal in the U.S. It's legal, though, in Canada. The reason why is because since they have universal health care, they can't afford to let people be heroin addicts and stay hooked and all the, the costs that come associated with that. So are like, well, we're going to use things at work. Whereas here, it's not cost effective. Uh, it's not like we have to pick up the bill for that kind of thing directly. But That's interesting. So how,
3: how do they handle – like? Uh, is heroin – it's still illegal in Canada, right?
1: It's still illegal. It's just they use this drug to treat people, which – actually cures it like 80 percent of the time or something um but because it's a a hallucinogenic drug we won't use that here in america but it's legal in like canada or mexico uh in here instead we just get people hooked on methadone which is almost as bad and then we toss them in jail when they're caught with heroin again but the i guess the argument is with their healthcare system they can't afford to have all these heroin addicts with all these health problems so they actually need to cure the people
2: Hey, maybe if we socialize everything, the government will care more about saving money. Maybe we should just be socialists, guys. I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to, to waver on this libertarian thing. Not really, but <laughs> –
1: No, but I mean that would be one of the silver linings besides the rest of society going to hell.
0: Well, um, It kind of ties in with Mark's uh, podcast I just listened to yesterday with Mary Ruwart, and I didn't realize how ridiculous – I, I kind of knew, but I didn't think too much about it – how ridiculous the FDA – approval process is so getting a drug like that approved in here would you know what are you looking at 10 years or something so it's just it's never going to happen for that reason too and and uh, I think you got to wonder why does the FDA have so much power in this country to regulate you know, what, what we can take, how things are advertised, because that's really not what should be done per the Constitution. Congress should be having more control over that. No one's elected in the FDA. They give the FDA all this authority to do this, and then they forget about it.
1: Why did they need a constitutional amendment to ban alcohol but not anything else?
2: Not to create an FDA or, any, or ban any other drug for, for no. that matter.
0: Yeah. Just, go ahead and do what you will. And uh, we're not going to talk about it. But it, the FDA is part of the executive branch and they're, they're writing the rules. Now, how is that? I mean, I know it it's constitutional because that's what the Supreme Court said a 100 years ago. But it's bullshit. And regardless, they should not have that kind of uh, authority to, you know, say what we can do, <laughs> what we can take, how things are advertised. It's nonsense.
1: And yet they do. I saw some statistics. I think it was from the International... Society for Individual Liberty, ISIL.org, they were talking about with the FDA, the drug lag in this country for how long it takes things to be approved just because they want to make sure there's no side effects and nobody dies. I guess in places like Europe or elsewhere where things are approved much quicker, we have a lot more deaths here because of the lag of how long it takes things to get to market than over there when maybe something came up prematurely, there's an accident, and they recall it. But we're really shooting ourselves in the foot with the FDA almost – it does not protect our health at all.
2: Well, if you guys all have seen Dallas Buyers Club, I imagine most of you, maybe. Yep. I have not, but if meant to. Odie, you're <laughs> supposed to do your liberty homework. Is, Just, is that with Matthew McConaughey? Plus Matthew McConaughey is amazing. Well, I, I saw a different Matthew McConaughey movie last night, so maybe that. Which you know, one was it? Called, Why don't we? It's called Mud. mud. It was actually pretty. Oh, good. I saw that movie. It's a little. Well, uh, it's, I, I never saw it in, that it was out in theaters, but um, interesting film. Go see Mud on Netflix. I think it's on Netflix. It's on Amazon Prime. I Amazon think, you know. Prime, yeah. I didn't pay to see it. I know that. I just pressed play. So. Did you learn any libertarian lessons from Mud? Um, No, I don't think so. <laughs> I
3: don't think there were any <laughs> embedded in
2: that movie. Right. There might, I'm sure there were somewhere. maybe some, some subtle, subtle ones, but, but nothing I can think of right now. But, you know, it, Dallas Buyers Club, and we talked about this with Mary Ruart. By the way, one point to Rico for the plug. Ding. Odie, <laughs> I'm sure then, you're keeping, you're keeping then, track we'll... of these points, right? I think Rico's winning. Yep. Yeah, he's definitely winning already. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, but with Mary Ruart, we're talking about Dallas Buyers Club and how, you know, FDA had all these rules for these AIDS drugs, a lot of which would take at a minimum like 10 to 15 years to get approved. Meanwhile, AIDS patients didn't have that kind of time. They had a a year or two, maybe a lot of the time, especially without getting drugs. And in the movie, Matthew McConaughey's character, he goes to Mexico where they don't have the FDA, they don't have all these regulations, he gets drugs that were actually helping him, and he didn't want the chemotherapy, or not the chemotherapy, but uh, I guess the AZT and all all those other drugs that they give here in in the U.S. Uh, But he got these other drugs in Mexico, they worked for him, he brought them over, and he started this little, the Dallas Buyers Club, where he would distribute drugs to people that were actually helping people, and it was all all going underneath the FDA, and um, it was really helping a lot of people. Uh, but yeah they they didn't like that, so
0: well you got to wonder whose side is the fDA really on? you know is it, they're not working for the people what What are they doing to to help people in that situation? Okay, you can go ahead and die, but maybe in ten years this drug will will help people i mean how how is that helpful in any way I, I just don't understand that.
2: I'm sure there's some crony capitalist aspect to it to to protect certain companies, but on the surface, I don't even see how it helps drug companies because they can't they have to go through all this extra work to get their stuff to market. And now, as I was speaking with Mary Ruart, that's episode number 88, by the way. We'll of course link to it in the show notes at lionsofliberty.com, dot com. dot com slash podcast for all the episodes of this show. Anyway, I get some yeah. plug points there too. But what we're talking about is is how you know the FDA puts all these rules in place. But it doesn't mean that we're against testing of drugs. I mean, what's interesting is that a lot of the third-party testing goes above and beyond what the FDA even even wants. The problem is that they don't, it doesn't take all this time and this arduous process of because the FDA doesn't do its own testing. The FDA just dictates what testing needs to be done and then what they what kind of paperwork they need to have to review everything. So a lot of these pharmaceutical companies, like Mrs. Ruart was was a pharmaceutical researcher for eighteen years. So she knows all about this stuff. They a lot of their testing and their third party testing would even go beyond the 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 um, the kind of testing the FDA wanted, but all the paperwork and all the the time that they had to spend just just pushed everything back so much. So they had to basically just do all this unnecessary paperwork where they were doing testing. It's not like they're just making drugs and just like t- you know sending them to CVS like without without any kind of safety test because obviously they could be subject to liability regardless of an fda anyway if if drugs are just killing people so obviously these companies i mean maybe they want to kill people i don't know if you believe the the evil conspiracy theories that some people tout but it doesn't really make sense to me that a pharmaceutical company would want to do anything but produce something that helps customers at the end of the day
0: well doesn't it price a lot of well um companies or individuals who would like to get into the field or, or maybe has an idea about something that could work some kind of scientist I mean, how can someone just get an FDA approval for a drug if they don't have the means, the resources to go well, through exactly. the process? There,
2: there ain't going to be no mom and shop pharmaceutical company. I mean, in, in this situation, you you basically need to have billions and billions of dollars on hand to conduct all the all the research and to go through all the hoops that the FDA puts through th- puts you through, which also, of course, raises the cost of the medicines in the first place, because once you, when you have to put up all that money up front, you have to get your money back, and I'm sure that's partially why these same companies call for patents on their medications for X amount of years, because, you know, if, if they have to spend all that money, and they're the ones forced to spend it, in a sense, it does even, and I'm against patents, but it does make sense in a way, you know, we can't just look at everything not in the current circumstance, so if these guys are the ones forced, these specific companies, the ones forced to spend all these millions and billions of dollars to test the drugs and go through the FDA process, in that context, it, it might make sense that they actually have some protection in the market. Uh, you know, which in a free society I would completely be against. But um, I don't know. What do you guys think?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think at a you know at a high level, it's just about protection. You know, the FDA serves, as you guys were saying, to protect these large companies from smaller companies. It serves as a stamp of approval for their research. So something goes wrong, they can point to the FDA and say, this has been approved by the FDA. And, I mean, in a, in a more free society, I guess there would be uh, you know, other options where you could have you know, contracts for, um, for people to have trials to, to test drugs and test things like that. You could end you know, a contract. You could sign off if you're already terminally, terminally ill. If you signed a contract saying, if I die, you know, I die, I'm willing to accept that consequence. Well, if you
2: die, I don't care what your contract says, but now, but your family will.
3: I mean, it's yeah, it it definitely limits options, limits competition, and um, serves to help the large companies. I mean,
2: I, I guess it is a carny capitalist thing in a way, because any anything that really prevents competition, even if it costs those companies millions and billions of dollars, at least they're the ones that still get to stay in business. At least they're the ones that are protected financially from any kind of competition out there from people that might make similar drugs that do similar things. But oh wait. We ha- we're the ones with FDA approval. We're the ones that spent millions. We're the ones that have the patent. Sorry, guys. You don't get to make that drug. You're over here. And maybe those people run to Mexico and, and you'll know, actually make the drugs that help people. I don't know. Howie, have you ever bought drugs in Mexico? You don't have to answer that. <laughs> I have never even <laughs> been
1: to Mexico. You've never been to Mexico? Nope. Wow.
2: That's amazing. It seems like a country that's like right up your alley. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. I'm, ki- I'm kind of worried about all the beheadings and whatnot. All the, are they
2: beheadings? I mean, I'm sure there are. are Ten
1: years ago? I don't know. That's what the news tells me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> which news, Howie? Was it? Was it the Morning Roar? Because if not, which you can find, of course, every Monday to Friday at LionsLiberty.com. If it wasn't the Morning Roar, then it's obviously not a trustworthy news source.
1: Mexican prison also scares me, oh. though. American prison should, scares me. Living in Virginia, maybe I should be a little more worried. I, I saw, Odie, you wrote in the felony report on Friday about that guy from Virginia. Oh, we got a plug from
2: Howie. At one point.
1: The deaf, foreign, homeless person who was arrested for stealing an iPad, which turned out not to even be stolen in the first place. Um, he was held for six weeks without giving an interpreter. He had no idea why he was in jail. He ended up pleading guilty just to get out, got a lawyer. The person who had claimed that the iPad was stolen uh, had found it. And even though that was the case, the judge would not overturn the conviction. It's I, – I can't believe that kind of thing happens right here where I live. I don't know. It's outrageous. It's – Maybe Mexico is better. I don't know. <laughs> there's a, there was a story, um, not, not
0: exactly like that, but there was a guy in Cleveland who just got out of prison after I think 30 years, um, for a wrongful conviction. The, uh, prosecutors withheld evidence. It was, it was a very shady circumstances. So they ended up paying him $5 and 92 cents an hour to for all the time he spent in prison to compensate him. So his total payment for a 1975 conviction was $2 million. I had two thoughts about that. One, the people who actually wronged him aren't paying anything. So I think the whole immunity against these officials is BS. And then two, is that really enough to compensate someone for 40 years, 35 years in prison? I don't know if you guys have thought about that kind of situation at all
3: where did that five did did it say do you remember where that 592 came from was that like minimum
0: wage or something yeah it was basically the aggregate of minimum wage i think for all the years so about
2: pain and suffering is that not even a factored in
0: well i think that's included in the minimum wage
3: (laughs) (laughs) no interest just minimum wage yeah that's that's terrible Uh,
0: yeah it's
2: it's a messed up thing because it's so hard to calculate what, what someone's life is worth and what their freedom
1: is worth. And when he spent thir- – I think it was 39 years the guy spent in prison. Um, that's the article I saw, unless this is a different guy. I saw someone else got a million dollars for 39 years. I saw that. That's so, the one wow, I saw. That, is the that, is that, same that guy? That is not a good deal at all. <laughs>
0: there, there was actually two different guys. Oh. I think they were both in Ohio. Oh, man. Who Between that and the pooper, stay away from Ohio, kids. <laughs> I'm getting out as fast as I can. But, <laughs> yeah, Just 20 years so, Probably. Yeah. So the guy was like 18 or 19 when he went to prison and he's been in 40 years, this, this particular guy. So he got $2 million for 40 years and he was in jail from 19 to 59, oh my basically 60. Like the entire, you know, prime of his life is gone and they pay him $5 and 92 cents an hour and, and no one's going to be held accountable for it. Well, You know, I'm
1: I'm sure they had him sign all kinds of stuff that he's not allowed to sue anybody or do anything about this after. It's like you take this two million dollars and get out and that's it. No, don't make any more waves. Well,
0: I think he he filed a lawsuit and that ended up being the the settlement. I don't know how much more he could really get, but. Well, the worst part is,
2: who's that two mil coming from? It's not not coming from the people that actually wronged him.
0: Yeah, the taxpayers. It's coming from everybody else. It's also
2: getting wronged in other ways.
0: It's like I feel like he should have got more, but I feel like. I didn't do anything to him, but I'm partially paying for it. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, I guess. It's this problem of
2: socializing everything. I mean, even he, out here in L, in, uh, in L.A., when um, that Christopher Dorner thing was going on, they, and the cops, in their, their vicious hunt for this guy, they shot up two old ladies, two old um, Asian women who were delivering newspapers because – they supposedly had a similar looking vehicle, which I guess is enough probable cause to open fire on people. And they, they had bullet wounds and their cars were shot up and they got some kind of settlement. I don't remember what it was, a million something dollars. Okay, poor but lessons, it's man. not like those cops had to had to like empty their pockets and had to go into bankruptcy and had to find a way to pay these ladies. No, it's the LAPD, it's the city of Los Angeles. It's me and my tax dollars, the same tax dollars that go to this guy's this guy <laughs> my parking spot that this guy's all mad about. I mean we socialize everything, and we socialize justice. And when we socialize justice by force, then the people that pay for the injustice are the same people that are getting the taxes from taken from them in the first place. So there's really no justice at all. I mean, I guess those ladies get some justice, and they should be compensated. But it's like, why should all these other people, innocent people, being harassed by the LAPD in so many ways be the ones compensating them? I mean, we. we I think there should really be some kind of personal liability for the actions, the actual actions of officers and of, you know... Police departments or something that actually affects them in a personal way on their actual record, you know, not not just extracting the funds to pay people off from from everybody else. But I don't really know how that could work in our current system because you know when we all fund the LAPD, for example, and the LAPD commits a crime, well, I mean, who else is going to pay for it? But the people that fund them, I don't I don't know how that how else that could work.
0: There should be individual uh, liability if you act, you know criminally or, you know, outside the scope of your employment, it should be a lot easier to be sued in your sure. personal capacity. But there's all this immunity granted to state and federal officials that's really hard to get around.
2: Just like doctors have to have their own medical liability that they they purchase on their own.
0: Yeah, you Why know, I, should I, police I, officers have the same thing? I have to buy uh, malpractice insurance there you and go. I have to pay for that. So. And boy, do you need it. <laughs> that's why we don't give my real name on this, Edward E. Newman. I mean, when when your when your lawyer goes by only by Rico, you definitely need to make sure he has that <laughs> malpractice insurance. That's all I'm saying. It's really hard to get too, though. I, I think
2: that's a, that's
3: a pretty good idea because um, if if it, if it worked like you know car insurance or, or things like that, where if you were in accidents or you know for a police officer, if they had you know previous uh, you know. Distant previous, awful things, maybe, you know, violated someone's rights or injured someone or you know, killed someone. Um, then, their rates would be higher if they wanted to want to keep serving
2: and then police officers might have a motive to really behave in a way you know they would have yeah, a motive exactly. to not violate people 's rights because it might be tough for them to get insured and if you can 't get insured you can 't become a police officer in in the world i'm i 'm envisioning here I think we just solved a major problem here. we should probably well, we just did we should probably end the show right now now that we solved a major societal issue
1: well, we need to always... s- we need to start up an insurance company to sell to cops.
2: Well, That's first right. we, the government. <laughs>
1: I, the thing is, the effed up thing
2: about the whole thing is, this would never happen unless we pass some kind of law. You know, that would force them to do it.
1: <laughs> so we start the company, then we start. And um... Now we're statists. <laughs> now we start a
0: lobbying firm. <laughs> then we
1: start lobbying for these laws to be passed. if the police have it's to. It's not be a bad idea, lobby,
0: actually. So they... Let's go talk to Mitt Romney to be our lobbyist. (laughs) If we're going to be crony capitalists,
2: we may as well do it in a way that, you know, uh, will help some – Talk to Mitt right after
1: his fight and get him to sign something.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Romney, now that you're um, nearly unconscious, could you just sign these forms? We're just starting a new company. You said you would uh, agree to fund it. Cool. (laughs) It's insurance. You'll love it. Oh, yeah. I remember insurance from Massachusetts. I do love it. Sign, sign here. <laughs> that's, my, that's my Mitt Romney impression, folks. Hope it's uh, hope it's great. Enough. See, he's not running, so I don't need to do an impression of Mitt Romney. Are you guys, let's, we only got a few minutes left, so why don't we um, turn our focus a little bit to the upcoming political season. I don't know if you guys have seen the news today. Obviously, last week there were all these rumors about Rand Paul. Obviously, it's no secret he's going to announce a president. Uh, the the rumor is April 7th. There was a, some kind of hoax on the Internet that... I myself even fell for in the morning roar that he had actually filed, but I guess that was actually a, a screenshot from some pack that had filed uh, as a pack in his name. Uh, but it does appear that tomorrow Ted Cruz will be announcing for president. So the the season is picking up; the announcements are going to start rolling in. Why don't we just? Uh, what are your thoughts on Ted Cruz, uh, Odie? I feel like you might know some things about Ted Cruz.
3: I don't know why, but the first thing I think about when I think about Ted Cruz is that link it's between his wife and, and Goldman Sachs and, you know, people from link? Goldman Sachs Has basically run there? the Treasury Department.
2: What is the link exactly? His wife just work, works for them? Or yeah, it, a, either she did or she's I think she was a counsel for, for them, maybe.
3: Yeah, she's We're just, we're just spreading up.
2: rumors right now.
3: <laughs> I'm not spreading rumors. I definitely talked about this on a previous podcast. No, I'm, too, I'm now
2: Googling Ted Cruz, Goldman Sachs. Okay. Good.
3: At least somebody's doing some sort of research around here. Of course I got to
2: InfoWars. I normally
3: normally just wildly speculate and make things up.
2: Well, if you believe InfoWars.com, it says Ted Cruz's wife is a Goldman Sachs VP. Can we find a different source than InfoWars? Yes, I'm going to. (laughs) It's just, you know what? You got to be impressed. Please do. Whatever InfoWars is doing with their SEO, their search engine optimization, for those not – um, internet folks, uh, it's impressive because they're always the first one on the top of the search engine. It might be. You think it's a government conspiracy? Do you think they're pushing? Maybe we should hire those guys to uh, make our website. Maybe <laughs> we, we should. We should hire Alex Jones to run our site. <laughs> Here's the thing about liberty. The thing is, it's a government conspiracy to make you. I think that liberty is the way, but really, what it is is the NWO brainwashing you—the New World Order. Yeah, that's my Alex Jones is, that a, is that
1: a Hulk Hogan impersonation? <laughs> it's,
2: it's, a... it's, <laughs> it's it's Alex Jones meets Jesse Ventura meets Macho Man meets Hulk Hogan—all in one. That's that's oh, what that was.
1: I heard J- Jesse Ventura may be running for president. That is another uh, a he rumor. Wants, he wants to try to get—he wants to run on the libertarian ticket to get the ballot access, but not be a libertarian. He, he wants – does he, he say thinks, that? He thinks – yes. He thinks he can convince them to give – make him their nominee but don't make him join the party. He says, I I passed their test. I got like a 70 or so. I, I think I'm libertarian enough for them, but I want to run as an independent but on the libertarian ticket. Why not just run as an independent? Because he thinks he won't the be able to get access, ballot, yeah. ballot access.
2: Well, that actually does make sense. I mean it's impossible. It's nearly impossible to actually get – ballot access across the country as an independent unless you're ross perot and here's a chart to show that you need to literally be a multi-billionaire which jesse even though even though he won his chris kyle lawsuit he's not quite a multi-billionaire yet what do you guys think of jesse ventura why don't we toss that out for a bit i do like jesse ventura a lot when he first started running i've read all his books i thought he was very principled at least in his way that he looked at the the sort of two-party system um as i've come into my own beliefs i find a lot of ways i disagree with him um, he might be more of a wacky conspiracy theorist for some people than than they might prefer. I don't really mind it so much, other than the fact that it, it doesn't help him um, his PR uh, that much uh, if he wants to run for president. But I like that he says what he thinks, and I think that's pretty cool. And you know, even if I have my disagreements with him, he might not be a certified libertarian or anything like that. But uh, he seems a lot more principled than uh, the, the average politician.
1: If he if he is seventy percent libertarian, that that's about equal to Rand Paul, right? Oh.
3: No. I don't know. I don't I know. Like it. Which... it might be. It
2: might depends, be.
3: Depends on which seventy, I guess. I don't
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> it, does, it does depend on which seventy and which thirty we're leaving out.
3: Yeah. But anyway, quick note on Ted Cruz to bounce back to that. So uh, yeah, yeah, his wife. His wife is a vice president at Goldman Sachs, and on top of that, right now, 2000... currently. Yeah, current. Well, this is an old article. It's from 2013, so maybe not anymore. So but but...
2: Infowars is right. The sun's a. Big this big. is uh, from Open Of course, you're right. The NWO is trying to hold us down.
3: It, in 2011, he actually borrowed money from Goldman Sachs. I guess that was for his – that wouldn't have been re-election. I don't know why he was borrowing money. In 2012, <laughs> he also borrowed loans of 250 and 500000 from Goldman Sachs. For what?
2: A car loan? Who needs, who needs
1: those kind of loans? People who got crapped
3: on. I, I, don't, I didn't realize Goldman Sachs was in the personal loan business, but apparently <laughs> for Ted Cruz, they'll open up the, uh, the pocketbook.
1: You know, I heard something Ted Cruz related this morning that was pretty interesting to me. I heard that uh, with this announcement that he's going to be jumping in the race, McCain came out and said that if you know if he becomes a nominee, I'll, he'll support him. Isn't McCain the one who called him a wacko bird? And uh, I'm curious. I'm like, wow, if McCain is saying now that he would support Ted Cruz – before, I think he was saying he would vote for Hillary Clinton over Rand Paul. It's just – The political theater is just amazing, and the more whack jobs jump in the race, the better for me, because I just love watching the debates, it's so entertaining. Yeah, I
2: guess it was, I'm just looking at the article now, McCain, it was, he called Paul, Cruz, and Amash wacko birds, it was those three that he targeted, which is interesting because of those three, I think Cruz is by far the least libertarian, I mean, he pretty openly wants war with Iran, he pretty is openly, sort of, has neocon-ish policies, whereas... Rand is sort of iffy on it, but overall, I think he is still much, much better on foreign policy than, you know, your typical neocon. And and Amash, I think, is pretty good overall. Um, It's it's interesting that those three are lumped together, though, because, I mean, it it, it is interesting because Rand Paul actually helped Ted Cruz get elected uh, back in the day. Did you guys know that? Yep. I did know that. (laughs) Yeah, he was a big –
3: Ron Paul campaigned for him, too. Yeah, even
2: Ron Paul did. Uh, I think support Ted Cruz in his Senate race, which mm-hmm. which is really interesting because I, I found in the 2012 race that I always thought Ron Paul was very principled, and I'm not saying he's not, except that maybe he's not always because he. It, it seemed like Campaign for Liberty was sort of directing his endorsements, and in many ways and often he would give endorsements. I think he endorsed. A, you got to help me, Howie. You're from Virginia. He endorsed the guy over Sarvis in Virginia. Who was that a couple years ago? Do you remember?
1: It's funny. As I wanted to bring that up, so I'm I'm googling it right now. <laughs> I can't I can't remember his name. He was some Bush person.
2: Yeah, but he uh, did get the endorsement over the Libertarian Robert Sarvis from Ron Paul. Yeah, I do remember it,
1: that. I could not believe that. I mean, I love Ron Paul to death, but some of his the people he backs for office, it's I don't get it. I don't
2: know. And everyone likes to say Ron Paul's principle doesn't play politics. I don't think he really did in office, but uh, a little bit of his sort of post campaign career does seem to be influenced by political alliances a little bit. And I don't think it's necessarily through him directly as much as it is through Campaign for Liberty, who seems to be directing things in a purely Republican way and and in a in a very partisan way. Whereas they only seem to report Repub- support Republicans, and and that's I mean that might make sense. There there might only be more libertarian leaning Republicans to support, but it does seem like they lean towards more establishment types than more than some in some races, than some possibly more principled libertarian leaning people that might be on the same ticket. Silence means someone else talk. (laughs) No, no, No doubt.
3: I mean, Ron Paul, he's definitely at the very least, he has surrounded himself with some questionable people with some questionable people with some questionable intentions. Not really sure if they're just people trying to capitalize off his, uh, his fame and his uh, notoriety especially with uh, especially with younger crowds but and that's why you know I don't even know I don't think he would make a good president because some of these I mean making Jesse uh, Benton your campaign chair you know, who's who would he put in his cabinet I mean he's definitely made
1: some strange choices Isn't Jesse Benton going to be part of Rand's campaign now well, too Well he
2: already is He's not his chief of staff, but I did see that Rand Paul did hire Jesse Benton already.
1: Do you think he's like blackmailing the Pauls or something? Like, <laughs> uh,
2: You know what? When I interviewed Tom Woods, by the way – do you guys remember that interview? Tom Woods – this is a high-level plug. I <laughs> do
3: yeah. remember that. Yeah, it was awesome. And I think uh, Robert Wenzel linked to that interview and – what was the break? What did uh, Tom Woods say there about Jesse well, Benton? Well, basically
2: his – what, he said it kind of in jest, and of course, Wenzel took it with as a headline because you know that's what he likes to do, and it gets in traffic. But he basically, when Tom was on my show, he did, he said that he you know, tongue in cheek, he said Jesse Button must have something on on Ron Paul, must have some photos on Rand Paul or Ron Paul to to keep getting hired because he's obviously a total nincompoop. I don't know if those are the Woods' exact words or not, but he basically said that that he I mean he he and Woods has come out um and openly. Sort of derided uh, Jesse Benton, and I guess Jesse tried to kind of keep him to the side of the campaign when Tom wanted to go and speak in, in in favor of Ron Paul in certain places, and and Jesse wouldn't wasn't really interested in that. Uh, so, and Tom Woods, you can find videos on YouTube of Tom Woods uh, discussing his feelings on Jesse Benton, so uh, there's no secret about that. It must be a very interesting dynamic, personally, because, you know, Tom Woods is a very good friend of Ron Paul in real life, and in real life, Jesse Benton is Ron Paul's son-in-law. So, uh, I'm, and I'm sure that's a factor in why Jesse Benton has worked on all, all these campaigns, so, I, I mean, I don't know. I, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of cronyism that goes on everywhere, and including in political campaigns, and I don't think the Pauls are immune to that in any way. Um, Rico, you still there?
0: I am. I'm just (laughs) listening to this
2: riveting discussion. No, I just wanted to make sure. Sometimes I get worried that you might've just drifted (laughs) off into nothingness. Uh, We only got a few minutes left guys. Why don't we go around and give our final thoughts, whether it's on say the Pauls, the stuff we're talking about here, uh, whether it's on Mitt Romney's boxing match or the Cleveland pooper, Uh, (laughs) we'll we'll go around the room. And to me, the room starts with uh, Odie. So uh, why don't you give us a few, a little soliloquy for your final thoughts. Well, I'll say about
3: Ron Paul, I did just, I guess, sort of uh, talk poorly about him and his decision making. But, I, I mean, I will say I probably would not be here, sitting here right now, talking to you guys, if it was not for Ron Paul. So, um, what he's contributed. But you would be 30. still be drinking.
2: Yeah, I would <laughs> You'd not. still be drinking your, your, what are you drinking again? Your bullet bleat? <laughs> bullet <laughs> Bull- Bull- whiskey? <laughs> Bull- bleat. Bull- bullet bourbon. I don't know where "bleet" comes from. Uh, you said it was spelled weird. weird, "bull eat" or "bull." Oh yes,
3: yeah. well the "bullet" is spelled weird. It's "bleet" bul, yeah, bul bourbon, whatever. There you, you go. Know.
2: Well, then I was right. Maybe anyway. on. But over.
3: uh, yeah. I mean, so with yeah, without without Ron Paul, this this whole conversation might not even be happening.
2: So God, and that would just be yeah. tragic for for everybody out there that's drinking along with us right now. What what would all our audience be doing? They would just be drinking alone, listening to nothing. <laughs> <So> sad. <laughs> that's sad. <laughs> it would be very sad So, yeah, what we, no drink. I do appreciate Ron Paul I want to get Rico's thoughts on this because I know you were probably um, I guess I don't know I would call you one of the bigger holdouts to the Ron Paul campaign when it first sort of emerged and then I sent you his book and you were like alright I'm in so why don't you give me your thoughts on Ron Paul as you saw him maybe before you read his book and then maybe afterwards and maybe now
0: well, I don't know if I would say holdout. I think what really got me around was all the uh, beer pong fundraisers that you were organizing <laughs> in Los Angeles. That was really what converted me. Um, well, that's how you know you're legit. When you
2: dedicate a beer pong tournament to Ron Paul's campaign, as myself and Brian McWilliams did out here in Los Angeles, well, that, that that's how you know you're committed.
0: Uh, yeah, I, once I read Ron Paul, uh, you, I know you would always rant and rail about him, and I wouldn't really listen that much. But uh, I read his book and I was definitely converted. And um, you know, I, I don't know how much. Like he seems more focused on the his uh, Ron Paul Institute and everything right now, as opposed to you know what he's doing politically. Um, so I actually kind of had a, a different closing thought, though. So. Oh, you,
2: you can take it wherever you want. There's no script yeah. here.
0: If I if I may, um, there's a lot of things that that have been pissing me off recently regarding kind of the First Amendment free speech issue. I don't know if you guys once saw Obama, again, Cleveland reference. He he spoke in Cleveland a couple days ago, and he brought up the idea of mandatory voting. Did you guys see that? Oh, yeah. Which really kind of, first of all, voting, as we've talked about, I think, on in our little emails, is, is an act of expression. So to say you have to vote is... A complete violation of your your right to, you know, express your personal opinions. Not voting is just as much an expression as voting. So mm-hmm. I, sure. Yeah. I
2: mean, what if there's three guys on the ballot that you completely disagree with, but yeah. not
0: voting is your vote. And, and Obama was a constitutional law professor, and he's saying this nonsense. So I just found that completely ridiculous. He uh, backtracked a little bit later on, but uh, you know, I found that farcical. Then the. Um, this is kind of probably a sensitive subject, but the uh, if you guys saw that video of the fraternity in Oklahoma, there will never be a, an N word in this frat. That one, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was it was obviously very <laughs> abhorrent what they were saying, but then the uh, the school kicked them out and the the fraternity was basically shut down, which kind of irritated me because a fraternity is a big place, so to to kind of screw over everyone for what a few people did. Um, doesn't seem really appropriate to me. I know we were all in a fraternity together and there was, you know, people who we wouldn't hang out with all that much that would might be doing something that we wouldn't want to be associated with. So I I felt that to paint a broad brush because of the actions of a few people was wrong, but also hate speech is still protected under the first amendment. And um, you you don't have to agree. and, And what they said was obviously very wrong, but You know, still they still have a right to say what they want. Now you can. They weren't advocating violence; they were just
2: advocating not letting certain people into their organization, which I think is abhorrent. But you know, no, they actually they were they were
3: advocating violence. They did say something about um, lynching. I think. Okay, well, I didn't see that part.
0: so never never mind. (laughs) No, they weren't saying you should should lynch people. They said, I mean, it was horrible. You know, you can go watch it if you want. They weren't advocating violence. And, and but the, the remedy for hate speech is more speech. You know, you, you don't. Exactly. That's a great quote. You don't. Uh, did you come
2: up I, with that I, yourself? No. Oh, damn it! I was well, about to. I was about to make all these memes with your face, just stoically looking in the air
0: uh, with that quote on it. But I'll I mean, hold back. percent. I, I did come up with that. Yes, right. I did that up. But anyways, yeah. You don't agree with someone, you prove their ideas wrong. You don't say shut up. You can't talk. That's not going to convince anyone of anything. So I think the. Um, First Amendment is kind of losing traction right now. People are censoring what people can say, and regardless of what you agree, uh, you know, if you agree with it or not, people can say it, and you just prove them wrong. I think. That's- would you
2: think differently? And I believe it was a public university that they went to. Would you think differently? It was a if it was a hundred percent private university, which had guidelines about yeah. s- speech, and then yeah. you know they it's just a
0: got a different situation because yeah. then the private university can say you know look we don't want people that are espousing those beliefs. Affiliated with us, you're you're putting a black mark on our name. So uh, yeah, but it is a public school. And- it goes
2: back to socializing everything. When you socialize the school and people go to the school, well, you got to protect their rights 100. percent, Even if their rights include saying stuff that we think is abhorrent.
0: Yeah, exactly. So uh, it should be kept in mind that, and it, it's all too frequent where people don't agree with what other people are saying. I think there was an anti-abortion protest I read about where uh, the people didn't agree with them. They grabbed their signs and started beating the people with the signs because they didn't agree with the message. And it's not, everyone's going to agree with what you have to say, but they had the right to say it. So I think everyone needs to keep that in mind. So those are my closing thoughts on the whole matter.
2: All right. And that's and, from, from our official legal counsel.
0: And uh, I'm sure anyone who has more knowledge of than me in the law will definitely point out all the ways I'm wrong, but let's
2: just... Well, no one has more knowledge about the law of humanity. That's, that's been an established fact. Howie, what do, you, what do you got brewing in that old brain there? I can, just, I can feel all the thoughts brewing <laughs> I to the surface.
1: Nothing much. Just one last thing about Rand Paul that I saw in the news. I guess he's called for a boycott against Saudi Arabia because I of the, see that. the way they treat women and things. I just, I kind of like seeing that a politician, instead of writing up some legislation and put some sanctions on a country, would, you know, instead just use their influence and tell people what they think and that seems like a better way he's not
2: calling for a a government sanction he's calling for people to human being on the individual level to boycott saudi arabia which hey that's right
1: and that's hey to me that's a paul Luss. although
2: in a a a way oh that's a nice another nice (laughs) little plug you guys are really getting great at the plugs because well not tomorrow yesterday by the time you hear this you will have the latest edition of rand paul Luss's and minuses Brian McWilliams, who's not here with us today. The way I said that, it's not like he's dead. He's just not in the show today. Uh, he, he writes his weekly Monday column analyzing Ron Paul's last week, and I'm sure that one will be in there. So. He might be dead, you know. We haven't heard from him. That's so. true. I, I literally—he has not responded to our, <laughs> yeah. our chain in a couple of days. I mean, I know he's out of town, but I
1: was just thinking that myself, Odie. I was like, well, he could be. <laughs> it is hard. is—it's completely
2: by-, by Tuesday. I will post an update in the show notes on, on whether or not he's alive or not. How about that? Okay. Yeah. For all the for all the people, here's like his, his dad's listening right now. He's like, oh my god,
1: <laughs> it's possible my, my
2: son might be dead. This is terrible. God, it would suck if he really was dead. I mean, just because we'd feel. Bad for saying all these oh, things. Right God. Now. I think we'll have to
1: not have, air this. Probably. Odds are low. Right before it. you air this, <laughs> yeah, the I odds
0: are low. I, because I need a spare, his spare bedroom tomorrow, so. <laughs> <done>. <laughs> right,
2: well, I have one if it doesn't work out too, but it's, okay. it's, probably, it's probably not as nice. Um, and you know, this seems like a good idea. Just talking about Rand Paul, Ron Paul. Before I close out the show, this seems like a very good time to announce Lions of Liberty's partnership with voices of liberty which is powered by ron paul it's ron paul's newest website that he's come up with in the last year and uh it's a really great site for a lot of different voices of liberty from all across the liberty spectrum and some of those voices will now come from lions of liberty as well so look for us at voices of liberty we're very excited to announce that and uh as far as ron paul's decision making goes we definitely praise him for uh, for hiring people that think it's a good idea to associate with lions of liberty so good stuff right guys Someone cheer. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> all right, guys. I think we've uh, we've covered a lot of ground today from Mitt Romney boxing to, to pooping to uh, the FDA. I mean, we've, we've really covered a lot to the current goings-on in politics with Ted Cruz and all the Pauls and all that good stuff. So there will be more editions of this show. And uh, like I said, hey, what, if you're drinking along to the show, tweet to us. Tweet to us what you're drinking. We want to get an idea of what our fans are out there drinking to when we're um, when we're talking about all this crazy jazz And uh, until next time, hold on, what's my next interview? i got to think of it for a minute. Oh, yeah, my next interview, this coming Thursday, I'm talking to the science babe, Yvette Guinevere. Do you guys know this? I've I've heard heard
3: of of her. I mean, I don't know much about her. Only through my promotion.
2: Yeah, sure. So look up for that. Science babe, she basically came up She's basically the antithesis to the food babe Who is this lady who just appeared one day Blocking about how GMOs are evil Vaccines are evil, everything's evil uh, If it's not natural And you know, what, what does natural even mean? Seems pretty silly to me I don't know, we're going to look into that a little more And until then folks, I know you're going to join me here guys You know how this works Until this coming Thursday I'm going to ask everybody out there just to live long And, and Live
3: breathe
2: We did it!
3: Can't wait to see the uh, the title or the description of this show. Robin boxing. I'm not sure Poopers. how it's going. I are.
0: never. I can't believe we had a 15 minute discussion about the Cleveland pooper time and the weather.
1: Today. I know. Do you think we talked about that too much? I think we didn't
0: talk about it enough. <laughs>